that was the time i needed to support myself i didn't have anyone else so i had to be my own support system so at that night i realized okay i have me and and that's all i need join me as i have honest vulnerable and sometimes difficult conversations with friends family and even strangers about the things that matter to them most i'm your host siddharth anantram and you're listening to let's talk real conversations with real people about the things that really matter race is infected by a disease that is deadlier than anything else out there and infects more people than any epidemic ever has this disease starts infecting us in our early childhood and its impact only grows as we grow older and unlike most other diseases this one operates silently but it ends up shaping our entire self image and our behavior the disease i'm talking about is the disease of human insecurity the feeling that you are not good enough the feeling that you're too fat too ugly too boring too stupid or too unlovable most of us feel insecure sometimes but some of us feel insecure most of the time a recent survey by the today show and aol showed that over 60% of women experience hurtful self critical thoughts on a weekly basis and the top self critical thought is linked with their body image how they look and how that makes them feel the time People spend on getting ready is not the only time they spend on their appearance. Most people also think about how they look multiple times throughout the day. And while men and women both think about their personal appearance, women think negative thoughts almost twice as often as men. Similarly, teen girls are almost twice as likely as teen boys to think negative thoughts about their appearance on a regular basis. What gives rise to these insecurities? What feeds them? What defeats them? And finally, how do you overcome them? These are some of the questions I explore in a super candid conversation with Ashwati Manu, an incredible young woman whose inspiring lifelong battle with her own insecurities holds valuable lessons for each and every one of us. Ashwati was born with a darker complexion to a fair-skinned father and a dark-skinned mother. Due to the complexion of her child, Ashwati's mother was often ridiculed and scolded by other people, including her own family members. As a result, she tried to parent Ashwati to become the best in everything. so others would know ashwati for more than just her color in this next episode of let's talk ashwati shares her story of growing up with these insecurities how deeply they impacted her her closest relationships and finally how she learned to heal and overcome them ashwati thank you so much for joining me in this conversation today i'm so 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 happy to have you and see you here thank you so much for having me i'm really excited to start <laughs> nice ashwati i first met you last year at the fuel human festival right where you were part of the organizing team mm-hmm. something about you know your sharp but shy but sharp and no nonsense nature really caught my attention i remember you were the one who was like giving out coupons to everyone for their food and i i remember forgetting my coupon and you were like sorry i i'm sorry but i can't let you have food <laughs> till you give me your coupon and i was like oh shit this girl is tricked you know that was my first memory of of having met you and then 6 months later i was attending the fuel fellowship in dehradun and you know i, I remember walking through the streets of dehradun where one of the activities we were asked to do as part of the fellowship was being led by you and was being supported by you right and i remember speaking to you and as as we were walking through the streets of dehradun i remember asking you so ashwati what's your story because i was so curious to know more about you and right when i asked you that what i heard from you next and your story really stuck with me and it really inspired me which is why i really wanted to invite you on this conversation because i felt like a lot of people especially young women and teenage girls will see themselves in your story 
right? So let's get right into this conversation and let's draw out some of the things that I found so intriguing and so inspiring about your story. I know that one of the biggest insecurities you had to deal with growing up is is being born as dark-skinned child to a fair-skinned father and a dark-skinned mother, right? I know that's one of the biggest insecurities that you had to deal with growing up. How did that impact you and your own self-image as a child? The first thing is because my father was fair-skinned and my mother was dark, there was a lot of ridicule going on within the family saying that, oh, like even people used to tease my mother saying, see, she got your color from you, but she has all the good qualities of my father. So people would always relate the color to my mother and all the good things to my father. So even they used to put my mother down as well. And when I grew up, I had great friends, great teachers. I was academically good, but still there was something holding me back because I, I used to think like someday people are just going to leave me because I'm dark skinned. The, the fact that even mm. in the beginning, my, my father had accepted that he didn't want to marry my mom at first. And this color is a big thing goes around in Kerala. So I used to feel like, okay, maybe I'll become successful, but I wouldn't have genuine relationships because of my color. And that always, you know, Mm. kept me back. I was never that confident enough to, you know, approach people or things. I would always wait in a corner, waiting for people to come and talk to me and then get to know me slowly rather than taking the initiative. It was really hard growing up with this so bad. What were some of the things that you used to tell yourself? Like, do you remember some of the conversations and some of the self-talk that used to go on in your head during this time? I think I never found myself beautiful because I have a great smile and people like my smile. But even then I would be like, I would look into the mirror and I'm like, no, there's something wrong. I'm not, I'm supposed to look better than this. I never felt myself as an, a person who is not enough. I would never tell myself that I'm enough, it's okay, I'm good. No, I always wanted more. I wanted to change things that I didn't know I could change, but still there was, I needed more. I was never satisfied by the way I look. And was this something that you, you know, spoke to about close friends or, you know, confided in any any family member about how you were really feeling? Or was that a space that you ever felt existed for you to really speak about it? Or was it something that you held on to yourself and, you know, kept to yourself? No, I never talked to anyone about this. This is something like I was so scared to even talk to about people. And moreover, even in the family, the thing you need to really understand is that being dark-skinned and the insecurities, it actually starts from the family it's a family that lets you down in the first place because Mm. i have had relatives who tell you're such a great person but if only you were fair skin they always had that condition Mm. and even like if you if you closely listen to conversations people have they'll be like oh yeah you're dark but beautiful you never tell people that you're white yet beautiful right you only say you're dark but beautiful (laughs) there's always that condition Absolutely. And and I think, you know, we also live in a world where we have things like this fair and lovely and all these creams and these commercials and these advertisements, which have made it almost seem like being dark is something that is uh, needs to be made better. Whereas the truth of the matter is just a different complexion, right? It doesn't really reflect on beauty at all. And complexion and beauty are two very different things, right? How did this whole growing up with this insecurity around your color and insecurity around your identity, which was linked to your color, affect other aspects of your life? Apart from just uh, one of the things you mentioned was it impacted definitely your confidence. But what were some of the other Mm -hmm. aspects of your life that got impacted by it? It impacted my relationships with other people very much because like I said, I was always scared that 
people would someday get up and leave me because I'm I look like this and you know how in movies people say guys want to be with people who they can smile at when they wake up to and I would look at in the mirror and tell myself okay is someone going to smile at this face when they wake up next to me and I would be like no that's not happening or I would never click photos with my best friends because I I have some really really good looking best friends so I would never click photos with them because I always thought like okay I'm going to ruin the photo so I'm not going to take a photo with them I have had spent years not taking photos with friends because I had this problem so it's not just the confidence it 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 just it takes over all the aspects of your life because of this one insecurity pulling you back and does it also hold back your friendships like was there also did it affect the the quality of your friendships and the quality of your relationships with people that you met because you felt like there was this hidden thing that was almost holding you back at all points i used to think that being dark skinned is a negative point in a friendship so i would always do extra effort i would always put extra effort for them to like me so that they wouldn't leave me for my color so that that's actually a toxic relationship right it it's not fair because i'm the one always doing things and they are not doing enough but i would always do it because you know i'm not good enough so i have to do extra put extra effort into the relationship and this it was this the same thing of overcompensation not only were you overcompensating but i know that through conversations we've had you also mentioned that you know your mother was over trying to overcompensate for yes. this from her side as well and she tried to make you absolutely perfect in all other aspects to ensure that you had the best studies you were best in everything else just because she felt like that could overcompensate for what she felt was apparently lacking mm-hmm. you know in you how did that impact you and your your life and your career decisions and your education for example okay so like like you mentioned so my mother used to overcompensate it by uh, making me the perfect in everything else so, so that people would look past it and also admire her for having a very good daughter you see what i mean so she wanted to get over it through me because people were blaming her for me mm. being dark so she wanted to make me really perfect so that people would stop concentrating on that and she succeeded but the route she took was a little hurtful because uh, she was like she used to beat me up for every simple thing i used to do and then that that was i i never had a good relationship with her while growing up because i knew that she was obsessed with making me perfect and i didn't want because as kids we don't want to be perfect right i i, I wanted to make mistakes yeah. i wanted to learn from my mistakes but i was forced to be literally an adult when i was like 10 years old so you are asking a 10 year old girl to start acting like you're 30 that's not going to happen she's going to make mistakes she's meant to make mistakes but i was really beaten up and blamed for all those things so at the end of the day i know i'm i'm proud of the person i turned out to be but i still missed out on my childhood because people were trying to compensate for the fact that i was dark and that's not a good way to grow up i'm so proud of the person you are today and the person i've you know every time since the first time i met you and the first time i've spoken to you like there is this there's something about you that is so beautiful like it is amazing as the way you speak the kind of effort you put into everything that you do i know i've spoken to a lot of people from the project fuel team where you volunteer for a lot of time and they absolutely love your your ability to to go above and beyond everything and you know and one of the things that has really given you this independence of thought and independent thinking and independent mm-hmm. perspective and independent view on things was you taking a decisions at some point in your life that you know what i'm going to 
chart my own way, you know, and I'm going to build my own mm-hmm. life. Tell us more about that. At what point did you take that decision and, and what prompted that? Okay. Uh, it's going to be a little long. I hope that's okay. Absolutely okay. So I joined uh, Navodaya schools in, uh, in 2009. I got selected. I studied there from 6th to 10th class. And when I was in 10th class, I got an international scholarship to do my A-levels in the UK. So I studied in the UK for two years. I graduated being the second best A-level student of my college. I was one of the 18 students from nine countries who were selected. So everything was great. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, life was great back then. And all of my friends were applying to colleges in the US. And I also applied because I was like, okay, I'm going to get it. I was so sure. But, you know, life is quite surprising sometimes. Uh, so I didn't get into I, I got a partial scholarship to study in the US. So because I'm from an economically disadvantaged home, I had to decline the offer and I had to take my gap year. So this this change that you're seeing right now started from me taking a gap year. So my parents and everyone, basically everyone in India is kind of, you know, new to the concept of gap year. We don't let kids take a year off from studies or anything. We want them to just study from the day they are born to the day they die. We want them to study. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I came back, my parents were supportive. They have been really supportive to me. But uh, the villagers and everything... Everyone else, they were like, okay, this girl doesn't have a future anymore. She's going to sit at home doing nothing for a year. So my parents had no issue, but the rest of the world has issue with me taking a gap year. And I came back on July 4th, 2016. And on July 20th, 2016, my father had a heart attack and he was hospitalized. And suddenly everyone started saying that I'm the reason he got hospitalized, which is dumb because I'm not the one who put that block in his artery. But people said that, you know, and until then, all those people who had, you know, praised me, asked their kids to become like me, learn from me, take me as a role model, turned it around. They started saying all these rude things about me, mean things about me. So I wasn't, until that point, I wasn't someone who was used to hearing all these things. I was used to people Mm. praising me. I wasn't used to people saying all these things about me. And on top of everything, they said, I'm the reason my father is going through something. And he's someone I love the most. So you can imagine the kind of feelings I must have gone through when I heard people say that I'm the one who made him hospitalized. So I was depressed of course I was depressed but at that point what I really wanted was to prove to others that I haven't failed yet which is a bad way to go because Mm -hmm. we don't have to prove anyone anything but at that point that's what I wanted to so I wanted to continue my studies abroad I tried to apply to other colleges I did get into every single college I applied to but there was an issue of scholarship so I approached like Mm -hmm. so many high profile people in the community I sent like 50 organizations emails asking for financial assistance I didn't get any And it was almost the end of my gap year and my father called me one evening and he himself told me that he's really sorry, he can't afford to send me to college. And I was like, okay, that's not how it should be, right? Because at that point I was like, I'm someone who was a scholarship student for 10 years. 
I I haven't taken anything from him for 10 years and the for the, for the first time I want money and he's like okay I don't have money and I was mad I was lonely I was so sad but I knew that okay I couldn't afford not go to college because I love studying I can I would mm. study I would literally study until my last breath so I couldn't you know imagine myself not being able to study anymore so I went to a private bank in my village I talked to them about by then I had gotten admission into this college in Dehradun with a partial scholarship again but the rest of the money was affordable so I went into a private bank in my village I talked to them about that and I was already over 18 so which means my sign has value <laughs> so I talked to them and, and they about, knew you right they knew you in the bank yeah So I went to the bank I talked to them about the whole case and they said okay we'll give you a loan without collateral and since you're over 18 it's your responsibility and I actually wrote them a letter saying it's my responsibility and my not not my parents wow. because I want I didn't want my parents to have the burden wow. and even though I was mad at my dad for saying that now when I look back I'm really really happy that he told me that and not you know struggled by himself because i know know that i have the potential to stand on my feet i have been working volunteering for the past 2 3 years i have been earning i have been supporting my family as well once in a while i even send them money so wow. and when i go home i see that they are being able to save money and that makes me happy i i, I might not have contributed directly to the fact that they are saving money but i know that it's because i took that uh, burden off my dad's shoulder the burden of my education mm-hmm. and my expenses that's why he's being able to save more right and that makes me feel so okay. happy so yeah so i i would say that whatever that happened in the gap year the sufferings the struggles of course when i look back i have no regrets no complaints because that's what made me the person i am today it it the one year made me get over all the insecurities i've had almost everything wow what a beautiful story you know i should this is the exact story you shared with me when we were walking down that street and you know hearing it again right now again gives me the goosebumps because there are so many different kinds of hurdles that you had to overcome you know it was not just one or two right from in your story you had to overcome the hurdle of first of all this insecurity that about your own identity and your color right mm-hmm. second was the insecurity around what people had to say you know this what society comes in of what will people say and people actually saying things about you and your family when they had no right to right and often it it mm-hmm. affects you mentally even though you know that what they're saying is not true but it, it has takes a toll on you that you know in combination with your dad suffering from a heart attack i cannot mm-hmm. even imagine what must be going through you at that point of time and i think what i'm really curious to know and for everyone who's listening also what we're really curious to know is what gave you the strength and the resilience what was that conversation you had in your head which would said despite all of these insecurities that might be there with me right now i know i have the capacity to keep going and to overcome this what was it that gave you that that strength okay the the first thing is the fact that you know i couldn't imagine a life without studying i i love studying everyone who knows me should know that i love studying okay so <laughs> i can see the big that. smile on your face as you say that <laughs> I really do. So that was there, of course. The the drive to study that was there, of course. And 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 when I look back, I have been, you know, I have been strong at times when 
I have had to be strong. Like I've been strong for friends. I've supported friends. At that night, when I, my when my father told me that he can't afford to send me to college and that I have to find a way myself, one I realized that okay, he trusts me that I can find a way myself because I've done it before. Mm. And two, I was like, that was the time I needed to support myself. I didn't have anyone else, so I had to be my own support system. And mm. and that's. something we all need to realize no matter what it's us we are we are the one who have to push us forward no matter what happens in life right so at that night i realized okay i have me and and that's all i need i have me so i'll figure it out and i figured it out i'm so so proud of like the way you did it and and i know that you did it all of this through being this graceful amazing person that you are i know that every time every time i speak to you you have this big smile on your face and you know you're someone who's always soft spoken and amazing and i know that a lot of times you could have been bitter right about yeah. people about what was happening to you about mm-hmm. and almost be in a state of uh, victim state right like why is all of these things happening to me but yeah. from every time what i'm realizing is that you chose to say okay no i i have the strength to change this mm-hmm. and and to look at this differently right ashwati what was the point at which you realized that it was all of these insecurities that were really impacting your life and how did you make peace with it because i know that it took a while for you to realize that this whole insecurity of that you had to face as a kid around your complexion had a huge impact mm-hmm. on you what was that point where you realized it and, and how did you really make peace with it in your head because i know that's super important uh you know what happened in my gap year i wasn't really in the right mental state to connect with people so that that created a lot of mm-hmm. distance and the people who stuck with me i realized that i was starting to become distant from them as well and i just couldn't figure out why mm-hmm. so i was trying to you know track it down because i started seeing these patterns in my life like every 5 year something happens so i think one thing we need to understand about the childhood insecurities is that soon in your life you'll start seeing patterns you'll see that this is repeating this is not just happening with one friend mm-hmm. it's happening with multiple friends multiple times and once you have realized that there's a pattern going going on in your life you try to track it backwards so i realized that i was lo- losing friends once in a while so i started linking it back and i reached to the point where i wanted love from my mother so like i said while growing up i i didn't have a good connection with my mother right so i grew up craving love which means that i started literally surrendering myself to anyone who showed me the least bit of love and that's the first sign of a toxic relationship you shouldn't do that it should always be equal it shouldn't be just you giving out everything because you want them to be friends with you right so i started literally okay. analyzing every friendship i have had and i was like okay this is what is happening the reason why i'm ending up in toxic relationship is because i'm expecting them to like me even it doesn't even matter to me if they like me or not i want them to like me the way i want it like i want them to show the love i want them mm-hmm. to hug me i want them to care so much put extra effort which is really bad of me to expect right i started analyzing all this and i realized okay this is what's happening and i i, I need to take some time off from all these to heal properly so this is what happened once i realized that i am being you know i'm not being a good friend i i stopped to take some time off and heal properly so amazing that you say that that you actually were able to stop and really look at your own life as an observer and observe the patterns and and then you were able to link back these patterns to the insecurity that you had as a kid right not everyone has the ability to do that 
because most people are stuck in their life where they feel like things are happening to them and they're not able to really stop and notice these patterns and observe these patterns. Was there any specific activity or is there any specific way that you were able to see these patterns or was it just reflecting on what was going wrong on your own? Was there anything that you did specifically that anyone who's listening to this conversation can also do to say, uh, notice the patterns of insecurities in their own life? I think what I really noticed is that, like I said, I was doing a lot for people even though they weren't reciprocating it. So I, I started doing things so much for people just so that they would be in my life you know that those Mm. relationships would have been really effortless and I know that too but I wanted to put the extra effort because I need love I wanted love so much that for them to stay in my life I started doing a lot of things and I noticed that this is not just with one friend I've had like four or five best friends all my life and I realized that I do Mm. the same with every single one of them I'm always the one who puts the extra effort and I was like why do I do that because I deserve Mm -hmm. to be loved the same way right but even knowing myself first I was doing it a lot and that was not healthy I I figured that that's not healthy for me to be the one putting all the effort and even when the other person is not reciprocating and I know that it's wrong I'm still doing it and I wanted to figure out why I'm doing this that's when I you know sat one day and somehow one thing led to another and I realized that okay this all goes back to my childhood when I spent days craving for affection and I didn't get it I think the best way to understand these patterns is check your behavior like if you're having trouble with people analyze that what what you are doing around that person and think of have you gone through this before because more often than not we we sit there thinking okay why why does this keep happening to me why do i end up with the wrong guy every Mm -hmm. single time for example there's also the analogy that we tend to accept the love we are familiar with for example if you grow up with an abusive father you tend to like guys who are like that because you are familiar with that. So in my case, I was familiar with, you know, fighting so hard for love that since I was used to it, I always did it. It didn't matter to me I was getting it back or not. I, I made, I tried to do everything to make my mother happy. So I tried to do everything to Correct. make my friends happy because I'm used to it. And, and your brain tends to always basically do what it's familiar with, right? And they also say that what happens in your childhood affects almost 60 to 70% of your overall character. And so being paying conscious attention to, to everyone listening, to paying conscious attention to your patterns, when you're faced with something where you seem to be in a crisis or in a situation, instead of asking yourself, why is this happening to me? Taking a pause and 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 really reflecting if this same thing has happened before and if it's a recurring pattern of of events in your life and then trying to find the root cause of these patterns and tracing them back is a great starting point for you to really understand your own insecurities better. And then that's probably the first step, being aware of your insecurity, right? The first step is being aware before you can actually start managing it and before you can actually start finding ways and means to overcome it. Ashwati, another important question is, in this case, your insecurity was driven a lot by your relationship with your parents. I know that we also know and I know that you also know that your parents did the best they could. Mm -hmm. It was they had to go through a lot of trouble in, you know, their upbringing Mm -hmm. and and that impacted how they raised you. Mm -hmm. So how did you make peace with that? And how were you able to tell yourself that I don't hold my parents responsible? I empathize with them and make peace with that. I was, of course, angry. I I think anyone in my case would have been angry with their parents if the first time they figure out that 
they messed up this whole childhood experience for me but then i started thinking about their childhood and my father his father was paralyzed when he was in 10th class and he had to take up the whole responsibility of the family he had to drop out of school go to work and everything and mm-hmm. he didn't have a good childhood and as for my mother her mother passed away when she was 4 years old she was the eldest and she had to start being an adult when mm-hmm. she was 4 years old which exactly happened with me because they started treating me like an adult when i was 4 years old so i understood that neither my mother nor my father had a normal happy childhood mm-hmm. so parenting is a big thing you are literally shaping your child's entire future in like 10 years that's a big responsibility and if you don't know how to do it you should learn how to do it yes it, it is a huge responsibility so the fact that my parents didn't know it and still look at how it turned out we turned out good so i'm like okay it's okay i understand i understand you didn't have a good upbringing so that's how i made peace with it i can't blame them i can't blame them for what happened when they were a kid right Correct. and they they were in, they weren't in the right mind to change it either but now when i look at how they brought up my sister i understand that once they dealt with me they became more liberal towards my sister mm-hmm. you know they were like okay i started being so quiet I was a really quiet kid so they gave my sister more freedom so that you know she will be cheerful and everything so I'm happy about that I know that I would have had a better childhood if they had known this earlier but it's okay I turned out good so it's okay and my sister has a happier life that's so beautiful so it all fell into place it's you know? so beautiful and I I think what I'm learning from that as you say this Ashwati is also that often instead of a lot of our insecurities actually come from our parents right and from our upbringing and often we can either we have the choice to look at it and say hey we can hold them responsible for it and then hold a deep rooted emotions or this thing you know against them or we can say uh, empathize and say okay they were also doing the best that they can with the best knowledge that they had available to be able to you know give you the care that they could and and to basically put yourself in their shoes and go through their upbringing their childhood the realities that they grew up with actually helps you empathize with them and and make peace with them as well uh, and ultimately then help you understand that where your insecurities were coming from as well so thank you for sharing that uh, ashwati as we get towards the you know closer to the end of the conversation i want to ask you do you still have some of these insecurities and how do you deal with them now like do you still have this feeling of that pops up sometimes in your head about about your complexion you know or or is it something that you've completely overcome and how do you deal with it if you still have it right now as for my complexion i would say i have, I have completely made peace with it i don't even care about yes, it so nice to hear that <laughs> it, it's like uh, even uh, like i like you mentioned first i give self development classes to kids right so there's this segment called self love which is my favorite segment so one day i was taking this class uh, it was 9 8th class kids and i was like uh, you know i'm dark skinned and uh, i was starting to say, tell my story and suddenly this girl stands up and she's like no no didi you are not dark skinned why are you saying that you're so beautiful and i was like <laughs> that's exactly my point love that <laughs> You don't have to feel sorry for me. 
Love that. <laughs> Love that. Amazing. So I know that there are three words you were speaking about, your, you know, your self-development course that you just created. And you've created this for kids to help them understand some of the things mm-hmm. that you've learned, which is so beautiful because I know you love teaching and I know that you love kids and you're combining everything that you've your life has taught you and you put this in this beautiful course. And one of the things that I, I think I read when I was going through this course was this thing that you recommend, which is this three-step formula which you've probably learned through your life, which is, I think, resilience, independence, and adaptability. Yeah. Is these the same three things that you yes. you use to every time you see some of these insecurities popping up for you? And can you talk more through that? Yes, actually, that's my fourth day of the course. And it's my favorite day <laughs> because it's the day I tell them about all my, everything that has happened in my life. So usually what we tend to think is that when we look at successful people, we are like, okay, their life is so sad and things like that. And I tell kids that when I walk into a classroom with a laptop in my hand and I iPhone on the other, they are like, "Okay, this girl is so good. She has such a great <laughs> life." And when I start telling the story, I'm like, "I know I look like I have it all, but look at my life. It's all been up and down and up and down." And these are three qualities that has made me stay on track, like resilience. Because every time I fell, I got up stronger. independence because the moment i learned to take responsibility of my own life and stand on my own feet everything fell into place adaptability is more like every time i was put into a rubble i got adjusted to it right so i think no matter there are a lot of qualities that are important but i think these three are the most important ones because these three keep you you know hold on to hope hold on to that life and you know succeed get better and wait until things fall into place love it so for everyone listening in if you want a simple three step thing or formula or three qualities that will really help you overcome your own insecurities it's these three it's resilience it's independence and it's adaptability if you want to know more about these qualities or if you want to know more about ashwati's course we're going to be linking it in later in the url of this podcast so you guys can check it out but before we finish this conversation ashwati what if i had to ask you if there was one message that you would give to see a young girl who's dealing with similar insecurities around her appearance whether it's her color her body her weight or or simply how good she is what would you tell her first thing you have to learn in your life is to love yourself nobody is going to teach it you will have to learn it yourself and the thing is most of this insecurities arise from the fact that we are we are feeding our own brain with these things these mm. things you are telling yourself i am not good you are telling yourself i am ugly you are telling yourself i am too short too tall or too fat whatever it is you are bringing that negative energy into your own life so stop doing that mm-hmm. start feeding your brain with things you love being like even if you feel like okay i'm not good enough tell yourself you are good enough until the point that you become that so start feeding that positivity into your life even if the whole world is against you if you grow that positivity around your life you'll overcome things eventually so start to learn yourself you deserve love so start giving yourself the love you deserve everything else will fall into place eventually love that you deserve love so start giving yourself the love that you deserve i think that is so beautifully worded ashwati what would you tell a parent of that same young girl on what they should be doing to support her better i think 
if i talk about indian parents the indian parents really tend to you know hold back love they make the kids feel like they have to fight for love mm-hmm. like get the a and then you will be appreciated come first in the running then you will be appreciated no it's okay the fact that your kids existing the fact that your kid is positive or or happy that needs appreciation right it's so hard to be happy these days so if your kid is happy then appreciate your child for being happy you don't need to wait until they you know get into the get into a great university for you to tap on their back and say okay i'm proud of you no tell them you're proud of them when they just turn up to class on time if they're good if they're obedient make sure you tell them you're proud of them make sure you tell them that they they're beautiful they're pretty and they they're lovable these are things that kids crave to hear from their parents so please please be open to them be accepting it's the same way like charity begins from home the change also begins from home right totally totally this has been such a heartwarming conversation ashwati i think thank you so much for not just sharing some of your deepest insecurities with us but taking us through your journey of how you really reached a point of being able to you know understand what they really mean meant how they were impacting your life and and then sharing some of the things that you did to to get yourself out of it and overcoming it and also the last two messages that you left for young girls who are insecure at any aspect of them and a parent was absolutely amazing so thank you for that now like i do every guest who comes to this podcast i play a little game i'm going to play the same game with you and this game is a game of questions it has the same name as the name of this podcast which is called let's talk so i have a deck of cards and i'm going to be picking up at random a card from the deck and whatever question comes up i would love for you to answer it cool okay <laughs> the first question is what do you value the most in your friendship honestly i would say because i i wouldn't want honestly not not in being you know also nice and things to me but if i'm doing wrong please be honest with me and tell me i'm doing it wrong because like i said in the past relationships what happened is that people knew that i was letting them take advantage of me but they just let me take advantage even though they knew that you know i was doing it wrong they were like okay i'm the one getting benefited so why stop her but no that's not a good friendship if you know that she's being doing it wrong then tell her she's doing it wrong so i think in my friendship i would really appreciate if there was more honesty love that i think it's the number one quality for a meaningful relationship friendship any relationship i think is the number one thing that is so so important so thank you for sharing that what in your life is dying and what is being born again back to this i think i have been really scared of being close to people so that that's kind of an insecurity i'm working on so that's dying and what's being born is this really really extra friendly person that i'm <laughs> turning to become love it i love that answer <laughs> i love that answer so much i'm i'm even surprised at how i'm connecting with people so easily these days i'm like okay hi tell me a life lesson <laughs> I love that Ashwati. And on that same note this final question is so perfect to end this conversation. It's the question is what makes your heart sing? And I think I know the answer. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think a lot of things in my heart sing. Um it's quality conversations it's spending time with kids it's doing everything i love i i recently figured out that there's so much i love doing <laughs> so kids 
quality <laughs> conversations and and sharing you know sharing what you're learning with other people thank you so much ashwati yes, for doing all yes. of that and for joining me on this chat for sharing your story with us keep smiling keep being the amazing wonderful beautiful person that you are and i am so so happy for everything that you've learned and everything that you are everything that you are and everything that you're becoming so thank you so much and i can't wait to have for this podcast to reach more people and for them to see themselves in your story and to draw out the lessons that you have and apply it in their own lives thank you this conversation really warmed my heart It was so beautiful to hear Ashwati share her story so graciously while acknowledging both her strengths and her scars. What really stuck with me was her resolve to own her insecurities and do the work to heal. It made me realize that having insecurities is human and so is our ability to overcome them. Most of our insecurities start at home and often find their roots in our childhood. The process of healing often starts by identifying them and becoming aware of them. Because once you do, you will be in a much better position to change it. That was my biggest takeaway from this conversation and I'd love to hear yours. Share them with me on Instagram on the handle at our life circles. Now Ashwati has designed a wonderful course for students between the age of 13 to 18 that covers simple tools to build more resilience and self-esteem. If anyone you know could benefit from it, please do ask them to check out selfdevelopmentcourse.com. And if you're looking for a safe space to become more aware of your recurring thoughts, patterns and behaviors, join us at Life Circles for one of our upcoming online circles. We bring together an intimate community of people and host workshops, conversations and even games to support you. check out ourlifecircle.com for more details